Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by Justin Wells, uh, Inside Texas Beat reporter on the recruiting beat, uh, as well as the team beat for uh, the Longhorns. Uh, Justin, uh, news coming in today about O'Shawn Mathis. Uh, we want to talk recruiting. Let's start in the portal uh, where there is no more important prospect right now for the Longhorns than O'Shawn Mathis, the, the defensive end out of uh, TCU. It's, it's, it's the number one subject on, on most Texas fans' minds. If, if somebody could, you know, push Arch Manning to the side for a couple of days, it's O'Shawn Mathis. Um, I know last night there was some, some scuttle about Nebraska making a hard push, about actually TCU potentially keeping him in Fort Worth and, and making a hard push. I caught up with a, a really good source of mine close to those guys, and – they were a little surprised. Uh, just a couple of days ago, they had gotten to spend a lot of time with Mathis in Austin, and it was Texas by a mile. And so uh, we're still digging. We're still we're, we're still making you know under we're going under every rock, Bobby. You know how we do it, just to make sure we have the best, most accurate information. But right now, the people that are close to Mathis, this was a surprise when I asked them about this. And so I don't know if it's just uh, a couple days, you know, the jitters 48 hours before an announcement. I don't know if it's just vapor and smoke that moderators from other sites kind of like to put out to, to, to push a couple days more worth of links. I'm not sure. But Mathis in Texas makes too much sense. There's too many factors that benefit the University of Texas, from Gary Patterson to Maynard being down the road to his family being able to see him, to him really wanting to kind of put together that contract year so he can go into the NFL draft with a lot of momentum. I don't know if he does that in Nebraska and TCU. I don't think they give him the platform that Texas does. Nevertheless, we're still hunting down these, these, these rumors, but as of right now, I, I've, I've still heard that it's Texas and it's not close. Yeah, I, I tell you what, the, the TCU one is the one that's interesting to me because NIL can certainly be in play with the Horn Frogs. Uh, he's already on campus there, so any anything that they offer to him is 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 immediate per se, right? And so, whereas if it were something that he was waiting on the come for at Texas or Nebraska, it has to happen once he enrolls. So, just a little tidbit to to go that way. However, I want to emphasize too that you know. TCU's not playing, not planning on playing a defense that is uh, to his uh, like, not necessarily to his liking, but to his advantage uh, for what kind of a defensive end he really is, an edge player that he is. So with all of that said, I, I feel like TCU, yeah, they may want him. I don't know legitimately how uh, they're back into it. I, I'm used to the term they're trying to wiggle their way back in. Maybe they have made some some uh, uh, some headway. Maybe they haven't. Nebraska, uh, you know, his whole family visited with him up there. Uh, I think the Huskers are holding out hope, uh, but you know, time will tell. Again, uh, this is uh, certainly one of the more prized prospects that Texas is recruiting this year. Uh, we all saw it in the spring game. We talked about it all spring. How we thought Texas needed an edge player in the portal. That showed up. I mean, you can say what you want. I thought Baron Sorrell acquitted himself well. I thought Justice Finkley did too. I think they're both a year away, though. Um, Sorrell is going to be a ball player. There's yeah. No question about it. And I will add this little caveat. I don't think he's in Fort Worth. I think he's finishing his courses at home in Maynard online. Okay, gotcha. Um, uh, I, I tell you what, Justin, uh, 
there's a there's something that that we all need to uh, uh, look at and uh, uh, talk about really, and that's whether or not it's not just that Oshan Mathis is this big deal, but Texas is likely uh, going after um, uh, other prospects in the portal, including uh, potentially a linebacker and a safety. We're we're working to try to figure out exactly who those people are and, and if the Longhorns go go for them. But there's also this opposite effect, right? Texas is starting is going to start losing people to the portal. We saw that yesterday with Myron Warren, uh, the defensive lineman out of Manny, Louisiana, who entered his name in the portal. Um, uh, what are your thoughts on that? And how many how many guys do you think we could see enter their name in the portal by Saturday, which is the date that is the deadline for players to enter their names in the portal? I think by the law of averages, you, you're, you're going to see a couple, at least a couple guys. I, I just, I, I think Sark has got his, the program in a position where he's looking at culture moves at this point. And I think the spring game was a great indicator. I feel like you wrote something about that, where we can really tell kind of where the staff is, is envisioning their future with what what we saw in the spring game with who played with the amount of reps, you know, things of that sort with Myron Warren. I feel like we've kind of had this conversation before. Uh, I want to say he had, you know, uh, he had uh, flirted with the portal, you know, before last season and, and, and at the last minute decided to stick around and, 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 you know, play out the year, but you know, Myron's a great kid. He's just been recruited over. He's a kid that I don't think was ever fully developed at Texas. I loved Warren in high school. I thought he was a steal. And that's a guy that they stole from TCU, if you'll remember. And, and you know how well those guys, Gary Patterson, those guys evaluate defensive players. And so with Warren, I wasn't surprised. And I won't be surprised if I see a couple of other guys, just because, like you said, the portal taketh and the portal giveth. And, and sometimes just by the, you know, Texas may need, you know, a little number, a little help with numbers. It was so funny. I was asked about that last night in the Twitter spaces. You know, what's the numbers? What's the numbers? And I told them, I don't know. And I don't think anybody knows. I think it's an ever-evolving fluid churning of the bottom of the roster. And I, I think it changes every day. And so, yeah, I expect a, a few more guys to hit the portal. But unlike the past springs, this one feels like a lot of those guys that may be fringe have really bought in to these coaches, especially at wide receiver and especially at running back. These guys have really bought into these new coaches. And so, well, you know, it, it'll be definitely interesting to see who, who does pop in? And we also have to factor in, you know, Texas has a cornerback that's suspended right now. Texas has another cornerback that's suspended that may be coming back in June. I think that also changes the numbers slightly in the trajectory who they might look for. You know, a safety is somebody they, they, they definitely need to add. And there's been a handful that's popped in in the last couple of days. Alabama's Kane Williams, Ohio State's Marcus Hooker. You know, both those guys are in the mix, as well, have jumped in. And so um, – yeah, there's a giving, there's a give effect and a take effect. And I just right now, I don't think it's going to be the max mass exodus we that people may expect. And I don't even think that's the expectation. I think most of the malcontents left in December. I think they went on to, to, to their own version of a greener pasture. And so right now, I do expect a handful, but we just don't know exactly who those guys are. And if it's only a few, I won't be surprised. Yeah, I, I think that 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 uh, kind of echoes what Eric Nolene said earlier in the week. He's he's feeling and reported. He thinks that uh, there's a there's some content players and guys that think that they're getting developed on the Texas roster right now. And so they're not necessarily looking for greener pastures 
as much as they are just trying to improve themselves uh, over time, which is that, that's a sign of a healthy program. A at the same time, yes. Texas is in a bit of a numbers crunch uh, as they look forward to this coming season. So the portal right now waiting on Oshan Mathis, looking for safety and linebacker most likely as well. And then any, any obviously guys that they think would are game changers that would enter the portal, uh, they would then, then look there. Um, mentioning or moving forward uh, on a couple of things here, uh, Texas had uh, two tight ends in this weekend. Uh, Will Randall uh, out of New Orleans was in on his official visit, but also uh, a guy that I got the chance to see pregame uh, modern day tight end Spencer Shannon. He looked the part. Uh, I, I, I literally uh, walked right by him. Uh, he's a big, tall drink of water. Uh, he was he received an offer this weekend from Steve Sarkeesian and, and tight ends coach Jeff Banks. Tell us about not only Will Randall, but also Spencer Shannon. Spencer is uh, he's another one he, in this cycle we're we're seeing tight ends pop up, <laughs> you know, and Jeff Banks is he must be a good fisherman because he throws a ton of lures in the water. He puts out a ton of lines. I mean, this guy probably has a trot line if you if you really look because Jeff always knows you got to have contingencies. We know this is a two tight end class. We know they want to. We know they want more of a, a flex out athletic one. We know they want more of an inline blocking, you know, attached one, so to speak. Spencer Shannon's probably more of the attached type. He's a legit six foot seven at 240 pounds. I mean, he's he's a big drink of water. And he's got some nice offers, Bobby. UCLA loves him. Washington, Louisville, um, Arizona State. He's he's got a handful. Utah has been has been pushing for his you know his commitment. And so, I like that Texas is in the mix. Of course, they're going to go to modern day where Sark has ties. You know, he has a son that plays there. He, he knows the staff. He knows those players very well for years. And so, I think Spencer's one of those guys that. It might tell us how Texas feels about Lafayette Kaway right now. It might tell us what they may think is going to happen in that recruitment. Uh, it, it, it may be a more of an indicator of Will Randall, which, you know, after catching up with Will after this weekend's visit, he absolutely loved it. He couldn't say anything negative. This is a kid that's been there five times in the last 10 months. And so uh, at the end of the day, we know they want to, I know KOA is a priority because he's a big target and a big athlete. North Carolina is doing a really good job in that recruitment. I think it's Texas and North Carolina heading down the finish line with those with that recruitment. But with Spencer Shannon, it, it kind of overwhelmed him. He wasn't expecting an offer. And now it's a priority that he sets up an official visit, which I anticipate is going to be around June. Um, He's just such a nice kid, too. He was so over-the-top gracious for, for Texas. And this isn't new. They've actually been talking for a couple months. They've been building up to this. And they had mentioned to him months ago, if you hit campus and we like what we see, we're going to offer you. And so it's going to be interesting to see how tight end plays out. Shannon's definitely a good-looking kid. He's also a kid that if you put 30, 35 pounds on, might be an offensive tackle. And so I think that we're, that's where you get the, the the blocking streak from. But both left Texas real happy. I think both are in a good position. I, I still love where Texas stands with Will Randall, and I think they're the 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 the, the leader easily. Yeah. Speaking of Will Randall, any update on a timeline for him? He doesn't have anything in stone. I think it's going to be more of a June, early July commitment. I think it's going to happen this summer. I, I'd be shocked if he goes into next season not committed. 
I think he's going to commit before Arch Manning does. You know, I asked Coach Nelson Stewart about it, and, you know, it, it, to not give away too much, I think he feels like it's coming down to the end of his pursuit. He's he's He kind of knows where he wants to go, so to speak, and he's just making sure he's dotting his I's and crossing his T's because Alabama still wants him. LSU still wants him. Virginia threw their hat in the mix. SMU's been in there, but it's been Texas for a long time. Will, Will, Will absolutely loves Austin and his opportunities that he could have there. And so I'd say June, July, I'd be shocked if he's not committed somewhere in July. All right, Let, let's let's go. Uh, a couple of guys that I want to mention that that uh, have visited elsewhere recently. Jaden Greathouse, uh, the Austin Westlake wide receiver, visited not only Clemson but also Notre Dame recently. Notre Dame seems to be very confident, based on what we're being told from from sources up in South Bend. Uh, but Greathouse is uh, announcing a top group here here uh, soon. Is Texas expected to still make that group, or what's the word there? Yeah, Great House kind of reminds me a little bit of Will Randall. I, I think he's just being really thorough, but I think that recruitment's coming to an end. I think he told me a couple of weeks ago he could be committed, you know, this summer at the earliest. And so, you know, Jaden's one of those that's going to be incredibly thorough. He's very pragmatic. He, 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 him and his family think through everything, and that's kind of his personality. Yeah, I was always – if you're a Texas fan, you should always been a little worried about him going out of state. I don't think he was going to play anywhere in state other than UT. But Notre Dame was always going to be a factor. Stanford was always going to try to make a push. Even OU was looking pretty good for him. Clemson, he went up to Clemson and had a blast hanging out with his former quarterback, Kate Klubnick, and he could have easily seen himself, you know, playing in Clemson. And so top four is going to come out Sunday. I fully expect Texas to be in the mix. It's probably going to be Clemson, Notre Dame, and, and, and OU and or Stanford, uh, you know, rounding out his top list. I think you'll see a commitment not too much longer after that because Great House is the type of kid, and we learned this the last two years doing his recruitment. When it's time to play football, he doesn't mess with recruiting. He won't do it in season. He won't do it at all. He, he, he refuses to do it. He feels like he owes his team his focus when it comes to that. And so that's why I feel like it's, he's a slam dunk to be an a, a announcement you know, before his senior year. And so I think that's just like Will. I think June, July, early July, we're going to see where Jaden Greathouse goes. Texas is still in a good spot. I think they need to be leery of some of these other schools. I think they need to close. I think this is where Coach Marion and Coach Sark really need to kind of, you know, put on a pot of coffee because this is – they're going to have to close for this kid. Regardless of, of, of his measurements or his, you know, his 40 time, this kid is highly productive and highly desired. And so, but I like where Texas is right now. I, I, I want to say this about his uh, mentality that I really like. Uh, that may be why, you know, people, people say, well, he's not necessarily that, he's not that fast. He's not as fast as these other guys. He's not as this as the other guys. He's whatever. He's, a, he's as good or better player than all of them. And his focus certainly, uh, and overall athleticism certainly plays a role in that. Uh, and so if that's what works for him, more power to him. If he needs to, to, to take that away from himself and, you know, just focus on the sport he's playing, whether it's football or basketball or, or whatever uh, endeavor. Um, you know, talking real quickly, uh, there's also – we know what Texas is doing at quarterback. They're, they're in full pursuit of Arch Manning. No real update there at this point in time, right? 
he's going to probably set up his officials pretty soon. And I can see him starting to take those in June. Okay. All right. So that's, that's a decent update there at running back with Trey Wisner uh, coming aboard. We, we talked about this in our update on him. It looks like Texas is probably narrowing its list to not only Wisner, but also one of uh, Ruben Owens and Cedric Baxter, but we don't know that for sure yet. There could be a couple others. They're still uh, very interested in because Texas is definitely losing or most likely losing two running backs this year and Bijan Robinson uh, and Roshan Johnson. And I think you can tell by their offers there, they want to take two in this class as well, especially after last year. Yep. And so, you know, the, the Wisner commitment gave Texas and coach choice a ton of leverage. It really did because now they can really narrow their focus to one more guy and they want it to be that five-star elite big play guy. And that's Ruben Owens. That's Cedric Baxter. That's, that's who those guys are. I will say, you know, someone asked me last night on the Twitter space, you know, what's the chance of Ruben Owens and Cedric Baxter, you know, playing in the same team. I said, zero, it's not going to happen. Those two are way too talented and they know each other way too well. Uh, but I think, you know, with Baxter, I feel like he's going to stay around Florida. I feel like he's going to, I think Miami and Florida look really good there. The fact that Texas is potentially going to get an official, I think is, is definitely noteworthy because as we've seen, when this staff gets players on campus, it can change the direction of a recruitment. It, it, it really put a jolt in the Ryan Niblett pursuit. I mean, they closed Trey Wisner within about 24 hours and that was not expected whatsoever, especially from a hard OU lean. And so I think it gives Coach Choice and those guys a lot of leverage. I think that the running backs that are probably out of luck are the other guys that were offered. You know, your Cameron Cooks, your guys of that sort, because I think I think Wisner kind of slid into that spot. And if they're only going to take two, that that's one of those. Ruben's going to he wants to put out a top five, top six, I think July in early July, July 6th, I believe. He wants to make an announcement on his mother's birthday, which I think is a little bit after that. I fully expect that time to change. I fully expect that timeline to change. I fully expect him to stretch out this recruitment as far as you could possibly do that. And so that gives Texas all the time in the world, because if Texas puts on a winning, winning product on the field in 2022, I think that's going to catch Ruben Owens attention a lot with how they use Bijan and Rashawn and Keelan Robinson and those guys. And also I think Ruben sees the depth chart. And he sees an open opportunity to come in and play immediately. When Jamari and Miller flipped to Alabama in, in, in December, I think that opened up a big hole in that class. And I think Ruben sees he can slide into that role, be incredibly complimentary to, to Weisner, who I, I consider very much on the same level, especially from an athletic standpoint. I, I think it's all bored. They're just going to narrow their focus to those, those elite guys because they only want to bring in one more. Um, moving, you mentioned Wiser and, and moving to receivers real quick and, and want to try to get through these, um, with Niblet now, and, and we know they're after great house still, Jaquez Petaway, um, uh, Jonte Cook, of course, uh, Jonah Wilson, uh, what, where does that put them with Ryan Niblet now as, as a member of the class, uh, where does that put Texas in, at the receiver rank right now? I mean, what, what's going on there as far as the the jostling, I guess, of, of scholarship offers. I mean, Brennan Marion was out in California yesterday looking at the uh, DeAndre Moore, the, the receiver out there, I think. So what, what all does it mean? It's funny because I think you have the same effect 
at wide receiver with Niblet than you do with uh, Weisner uh, joining in the running back room. It gives them leverage. They they have they have a ceiling now and <laughs> a and a floor in, in in that wide receiver class. And if Niblet's doing that, this is going to be a really nice receiver haul. I think it doesn't change anything with Jonte Cook and Jaquez Petaway. And those and, and with Niblet, those are all three kind of similar receivers. A little bit on the smaller side, but definitely inside outside guys, versatile, fast, quick, body control, all the things you want. I think that it doesn't change anything with those guys. I think if Petaway and Cook called today, they would take all three. They definitely need an outside guy, Bobby. I think that's why Jonah Wilson is still strongly in the mix. I think that's why Jalen Hill, I think that's why they've made made up room, um, made up a margin with him because they know they need that outside guy. But getting Niblet really, it, it helps the staff because they can also narrow their focus more. They don't have to be so dependent on what Petaway or Jonte Cook does now. They can be a little bit more judicious. DeAndre Moore is probably going to come back to Austin. He is probably going to t- come back and, and visit again. Jalen Brown is probably a pipe dream, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if they throw their hat in there even more and, and they try to push for him to get a visit as well. And so Texas is going big game fishing. And if there's one consistency with all these guys, it's speed. It's unadulterated speed. These guys are fast. Wisner out of the backfield niblet on the track and not to mention cook petaway and those guys and so i i think it puts them in a great position you know we, we weren't expecting a niblet weisner commitment late saturday night nobody was and so it gives this i think it gives the staff confidence too because i think now they don't have to so much sell the vision they can say look did you see what we did in the spring game you see what xavier worthy does you see what jonathan brooks does well this is how you fit i think that selling point is even stronger now for a petaway for a cook. And so with Jonte, I don't think we'll see anything until we see what Arch Manning does. With Jaquez, I don't think we'll see anything until we figure out if Alabama considers him a take or they don't. Jonah Wilson, I believe, is, is one of those that if they push just the slightest, I think he jumps in the, in the mix. And Jalen Hill's one that they're kind of having to catch up from behind, but that's a lot better than they were a year ago when they weren't even in the race. Gotcha. Um, just to su- summarize the rest of the pieces, because – um, we're, we're running out of time here. I think, uh, you know, Texas still looking to take four offensive linemen. Uh, we've talked about the five that they've offered in state, uh, Jaden Chapman out of Harker Heights, Ian Reed, Vandergrift, um, uh, Connor Stroh out of the Frisco area. Um, I'm missing a couple. Oh, uh, Andre, Andre Kojo. Andre Kojo. Yep. Um, those are the guys, I think the main guys right now, uh, that they're still looking at. Uh, on the defensive front with Dylan Spencer as a commitment, uh, they didn't. They passed this past week, in my understanding, on Billy Walton, the defensive end out of uh, South Oak Cliff, committed to Oklahoma State. Texas didn't, nece- in my understanding, Texas did not necessarily push for that commitment. Uh, so Walton uh, is committed to Oklahoma State. Uh, there are a couple others out there still that were that were monitoring Colton Vasick out of Westlake, obviously. Uh, you know, uh, Terrence Green. Uh, out of the Houston area, was recently offered this week. Ashton Porter was up for the spring game. Uh, another a number of guys on the defensive front uh, at linebacker. Samaj Burrell is already uh, Burrell is already uh, committed. Obviously, they're they're looking at Darian Gallette from Marlin, as well as Anthony Hill out of Denton Ryan. Uh, those three are A, B, C, and not necessarily in any order on the on the list because they all play different <laughs> spots. Uh, in the secondary, yeah. uh, we're, we're looking at a, 
a, a group of guys that uh, we think that uh, in large part are going to play out over a period of time. JV and Toviano uh, out of Arlington Martin, the cornerback. Uh, Jordan Matthews out of Baton Rouge Woodlawn, the two cornerbacks we think Texas is targeting right now. Uh, and we'll have to see how that plays out. At safety, it's a little bit uh, different. Uh, there are a couple guys, but uh, not necessarily uh, those definitive guys right now, right? Right. Well, you know, you've got, to me, I think number one on their board is Michael Harrison Pilot. But they're also recruiting him at, wide, at athlete and at wide receiver. And so I think that that recruitment is going to be indicative of what happens with the rest of safety, because let's say MHP decides to, to go a different route. Then they may push for a Tyler Turner out of San Antonio. Brennan. They may try to bring him on. He's pound for pound. One of the best football players in the state. He just, you know, it's dynamite and small packages type kid. I think they're still waiting on Dalton Brooks. Now Brooks is probably a Texas A&M lean right now. And Notre Dame's also in the mix, but I think they want to see what happens with those guys before they start going to the next level of guys, the next tier. And so to me, the, the domino is Michael Harrison pilot. And wherever he goes and what happens with him, I think it's going to be indicative of what direction they go after that. Makes total sense. All right. We'll be on the lookout, Justin. Thanks for joining us this week on the lookout for O'Shawn Mathis. He announces on Saturday. Uh, we think it's between Texas and Nebraska, uh, but TCU's trying not to go quietly into that good night, I think. Uh, we'll see how that turns out. Uh, for Justin Wells of InsideTexas.com, I'm Bobby Burton. Thanks for joining us.